it's it's important to to face your fears and to really tackle the things that you don't want to that you want you to forget. Want to face, yep. You have to face your your true self and the parts of you that you think um, that shouldn't be a part of you because they're too evil or something. It's like no, face that. That is a part of you, but use it as a as a as a strength. Use it as a, a overcome it. You know, uh, right. subdue it. Don't just ignore it. You have to get to a point of those stages of grief that yeah. lead to the acceptance before. You, you can, can really free, use right? that experience yeah. as a, a launching point to become a better version of yourself, to uh, move forward with your life, to become a stronger person. What's up? Welcome back to the State of the Arc podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kason. And we are joined once again by TJ the Emperor. Hello, glad to be back. I know, seriously, it's good to have you back. Um, yeah. yeah. We've been kind of winging it ourselves here for a little bit, and mm -hmm. we've been holding our own, I think, but yeah. um, before we actually get started talking about what we, where we left off last point, because this, this week's content is like really insane <laughs> um yeah and I, I specifically really wanted to have tj back for this part because it is it's as dense as it gets uh, even for a xeno game this whole <laughs> sequence we're going to be talking about um a couple things going through like the comments on some of the last few videos um mm -hmm. so i i just want to clarify one thing uh specifically um because people are still saying, I wish you guys would check the, um, like the database. database. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so I, I just want to clarify, like when we bring up questions, tip, at least this is the case for me. Sometimes typically, it's rhetorical. <laughs> typically it's, um, it's not something I had a question about while note taking. It's a question that comes up like during our discourse. Like, like right Like now. we're discussing yeah. it and it's like, oh like, yeah, I didn't I never think about that. that. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. When that happens, I will typically go back to the database and look for that piece of information afterward. And then, but what I haven't been as good at doing recently is, uh, I think I did this like two or three episodes ago, right? I dedicated the beginning of the podcast to like clarifying or, or like correcting ourselves. Oh, yeah. But I haven't done that like the last two times. No. So I want to do that now on a couple of key things. Um, so 100 series realians. There um, are lots of them. <laughs> they are actually what we see on board the Durandal, for instance. Right. Uh, oh, and, right. And, yeah. And yeah. what is with, um, what were you going to say, TJ? No, I was going to say, like, that's one of the things that I'd forgotten about that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Momo is the prototype. And because she's the prototype, she's maybe more special. But, like, all those other right. ones that look like her, they're all 100 series as well. Right. I including the one that is, uh, uh, following albedo around. Um, yes. Yeah. So Although that all, may not be the same one each time. Uh, yeah. Based on something we saw here, yeah. I, I wonder if we'll get to that. May not be, but, um, we don't know. those are all 100 series realians. And the reason that they have them on board ships like the Durandal, or they were supposed to be aboard the Woglinde, but they weren't mm. was so that they could do their localized Hilbert effects when Gnosis ah, attack, and then the soldiers shooting guns would actually be useful. Right. Because they would have been brought into this reality. So yeah. the, the problem with the Woglinde was that the 100 series were not, I don't know, like they, they weren't properly um, yeah. supplied 
for yeah. that mission. It was, a, it was a very quickly assembled fleet, is uh, I believe what the script said, because like the oh, planet, the planet disappeared, and then you know they basically just had to get you know a fleet out right away to investigate, so they didn't have and time to, to outfit the ship as uh, as they would have normally. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Good to know. So that is the reason why all the soldiers were trying to shoot their guns on the Woglinde, but there was no. I mean, it's still kind of pointless if you if you realize you don't have 100 series. <laughs> At some point, you you figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what else are you gonna do? Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's anyways. That's why like most ships in in a situation like that would have 100 series realians on them. On top of Momo being a prototype for that, and her being special because she's a prototype. The other reason, the main reason why she's special is because she holds the Y data, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah. Uh, that's what Margulis and, and Utic are after yeah. is the Y data, and she's got that. Plus, I think they also mentioned the entirety of uh, Yoki Misrahi's research is in her. Yeah, room. yeah, that, yeah that's correct. Research. Yeah, it's everyone more or less is focusing like like most people are focusing on oh she knows where the original zohar is but it's it's everything that mizrahi researched you know throughout his entire career is in her head cuz is it correct to say that mizrahi built all of the emulators right uh yes all 12 yeah they they were yeah they were from yeah, yeah he did that yeah so it's like they if the government wanted to do anything they have to have his mind like they have to access right. what he knew and all of his right, research right. papers. And yeah, stuff. so that's a good point. So, like, ostensibly, like, m- perhaps how to create more emulators would be in the yeah, wide If they need well. them, I don't know. If they need them, right. Yeah, y- you'd think. <laughs> do you need, like, a million? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a million, everyone gets their own emulator. Well, that, that's, isn't, that, isn't that what uh, pink-haired Neo was saying to oh. Argulus was, like, None of these things are sufficient, anyways. Like we need oh, the yeah. original. You can't pull it off without mm. the original, right? Right. Right. So yeah. The other thing, somebody in the comments was saying was that there. Are, okay, so this was a back and forth between two people. I don't know if one of them understood correctly. So we have TJ here. Oh. They were saying there's only twelve Zohar emulators, and the thirteenth is not. It's the original, but it's not the original, not the one that's on board the Durandal, anyways. Well, I didn't know that there was one there. I thought that um, there was space for one, but I didn't know if they had if it contained one or not. Yeah. So the Marion Keend is the thirteenth Zohar emulator, but apparently, oh, okay, Miss Rahi didn't make that one. Is that right, TJ? Mm-hmm. You know, I I was always of the understanding that there were twelve emulators, and the Marian Keend space in the Durandal was meant to be for was meant for the original. Once they found it, oh. I could be I could be wrong about that, but that's always what I've understood. So they are I, a different color. Like if you look in the scene, like the the rest of them are gold, and then one of them. So what you're saying is that that's that's an empty slot. That there's nothing. It's an, yeah. It. It's an empty slot. It's and once the, you know it will be filled when they get their hand when and if they get their hands on the original. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, to my knowledge, there are only twelve emulators. Only twelve plus the thirteenth will be filled with the original when and if they find it. Correct. Yes. Got it. Okay, so I think those were the major sort of things to correct on our end from previous episodes. Um, but I just wanted to bring up, like, I do go check the database when I'm playing and I have a question. Or after a podcast is over and there's additional questions. Um, hmm. It's not like I'm ignoring it completely. 
and then just been like, oh, I have these questions and I'll just keep having them forever. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and so anyways, like we're, we're doing our best as far as that goes, but the, uh, talking about Xeno games takes a lot of research and effort and you're not always going to hit every point that you want to. Yes. So uh, we're doing the best we can. And for anything that uh, uh, continue, of course, to leave comments and correct us on, on certain things. Um, just know that like we are checking the database. It's just, it's just sometimes questions get brought up while we're sitting here. It's not like we had that question in the notes and then didn't go look it up. Does that make sense? I hope that makes yeah. sense. All right, let's actually jump into this. Okay. So okay. we basically left off with Momo and Junior having a discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, a, and he gives her like a bullet, like it's an antique yeah. bullet. And she's yeah. using it as a as like a, a charm. A good luck like a charm, yeah. And he uses his power to like fuse the chain onto it for some reason. I, I, yeah. I thought that was kind of Wore interesting. Wore him out too. That was hard work. Whew. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. it was interesting that he decided, I guess, to show his... Because aren't they concerned about showing their powers? They don't want people yes. to like, know they have them. Yeah. Is that yeah. right, TJ? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, they were... Well, because Guinan was like, you know, when he was talking about Xion, he was like, I think she might be onto us and their powers. Right. Exactly. So you would think... Um, but that doesn't necessarily imply that they're trying to hide them. It's just she might know. I don't know. I, um, yeah, or maybe or maybe Junior like well, just trusts Momo with what he's doing. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think given what we learn here pretty soon about who these characters are, Junior and Gagnon and Albedo and everything, yeah. that th- there'd probably be good reason to want to That's, hide, who yeah. and what they are based on the. That's life recycling true. act and everything like that. Right. So I, th- I th- that being the case, I found it interesting that he would have purposefully kind of shown off that power to Momo. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a reason for that. Maybe that's a setup for something. I don't know if it's important or not. Yeah, I, I mean, I've always seen it as like just, you know, Junior, you know, he has some sort of like, you know, affection, you know, friendship, you know, more than that for Momo. And that's like his way of showing like, as a sign of trust, like, oh, I'm going to give you this and I'm going to show you this thing and this is the thing I can do. Right. I don't think it's meant to be anything, you know, more important than that. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay, so after that scene ends, we get a long sequence that, like, more or less, I, I'll just kind of sum this up as briefly as I can. Uh, it sets up how powerful the UTIC organization is. I think that's the purpose of this sequence, to show that they have a lot yeah. of people um, yeah. in the foundation yeah, in the government. Um, yeah. That are corrupt, right? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have a lot of people in the foundation and then the, the Galaxy Federation. Federation government, the, the yeah. government and the military. Um, yeah, right. Kind of everywhere. Right. Yeah. Right. So they're parasites. They're kind of showing mm-hmm. here how far reaching their influence is in governments and things like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, so their attack, the, by, by their, I mean, UTIC's attack on the foundation ship, well, the Durandal, earlier that we saw, right, that uh, was right. fended off. This mm-hmm. was recorded while the attack was happening for the purpose of doctoring it to make it right. look like the Durandal attacked Federation ships right. yeah. instead of Spe- UTIC yes. ships. Specifically, it was the Woglinde that was attacked. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're 
framing it so that the Durandal was the one that's the one that sunk the Glinday. Right. To mask or hide, I would assume, whatever role the Gnosis might have had in that, or or the Zohar emulator, or anything right. like that. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, were you gonna say something? I was thinking also maybe just to uh, just to take some of the power away from the Kukai Foundation. Kukai Foundation is really powerful, and especially since um, Junior stumbled upon some mess of operation happening at that original site. It's kind of like they're preempting it. They're like, okay, before you get us in trouble for what we're doing, we're going to get you in trouble. You know, it's a very, it's a, it's politics, right? Yeah. Also now they. It's politics that makes, this is, this is what happens. This is how it happens. (laughs) This happens every day in the real world where it's like, oh, I got caught. I better imprison you first and blame you first. And then when you blame me, it'll sound like you're just covering for yourself. Yeah. And from a pragmatic standpoint, the Kukai Foundation now also has Momo and the Y data, so they have a vested <laughs> yes. interest of like capturing the, them, like getting them under their control and taking that back for themselves. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the main goal here is to get Momo and uh, I think Cosmos away from. Yeah, Cosmos. Yeah. The Zohars probably. You know, yeah, Zohars especially. Yeah. yeah. They want yeah. everything. It's almost yeah. like the Kukai Foundation has all the chips yes. right now. They and and do. Utek yeah. is like, we can't let yeah. them have all the chips yeah. for long. As far as, as far as we know, they kind of do have all the chips right now. So Right, exactly. Um, so anyways, th- this this is a long scene. You have uh, Federation ships, because they go to second, second Milsha, right? Um, which is mm-hmm. their destination. A bunch of Federation ships show up. So as we established right. earlier, second Milsha has its own government that's separate from the Galaxy Federation. Right, yeah. So, Federation ships showing up at the home planet of the second Milshan government <laughs> and being like, no, these people cannot land here. Yeah. Uh, we're, like, confiscating all of their cargo. And so, this this leads to, like, a big sort of, like, council meeting where yeah. you got, like, the second Milsha representative. What's his name? Hel- Helmer. 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 That's right, Helmer. And, uh, of course... Um, Yuli Mizrahi is on this kind of call, right. and then you got like a yeah. bunch of representatives. I would guess from all different sectors of yeah. Galaxy it's, Federation space. It's basically a meeting of the the Galaxy Federation Parliament, like an emergency meeting of that. Right, yeah. and they're all trying to determine like what should we do about this? Who's at fault? The doctored footage is shown yeah, in yeah. this session, um, and so it's it, it's made out to seem like. The Kukai Foundation uh, is, and possibly their connection to the Second Milshan government is leading to some sort of uh, rebellion against the Galaxy Federation or, or coming war. That they're, um, they mentioned specifically that Kukai was supposed to be, uh, what was the term? Like, hold on, I, I have it written down here. Let me just check. Uh, There's like a disarmament. Disarmament. Yeah, they were supposed to be disarmed. Right. Yeah. And the the power that the Durandal itself has in I terms know. of its firepower <laughs> is alarming. Yeah, because <laughs> they, they were able to, UTIC gathered footage of the Durandal defending itself against them. And yes. um, yeah. as when that all happened in the, a couple episodes ago. And um, that was funny because... Uh, they use that footage then to make it seem like the Durandal attacked the Wogelin Day and something right. else. But also at the same time, I don't know who knew the power of the Durandal and what it was <laughs> capable of doing. It sounds like the Federation was very surprised by what the Durandal was able to do. And they're like, wait, 
they have a very powerful weapon here. Yeah. Uh, they're not supposed yeah. to have this, right? And right. if they have it, they're not supposed to use it. And yes. they did both. They have it and they used it. So now we have to sanction them and take away all their stuff. Well, right. the interesting part to me here was that part of the reason why the Kukai Foundation and second Milsha, I guess in turn, are the ones investigating the disaster from old Milsha, which caused this whole crisis in the first place. Oh, right. Yeah. And the reason why they're allowed to seek out and safeguard the Zohars in the first place was because of this disarmament yeah, agreement. They were supposed to be like a neutral, a neutral party or something like that, right? right. Yes. Yeah. And so now that they've displayed this enormous firepower, it's kind of like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, if you have the Zohars and you have weapons that are that powerful, that combination is not good. And right. uh, we're taking the Zohars away from you now. <laughs> is <laughs> yeah. basically yes. what this is all about. Of course, this yes. is all staged by UTIC because what they're really after is the Y data in Momo. Probably, of course, we said the Zohar emulators because they're trying and to Cosmos find... And Cosmos and all that, yeah. What is the name of the gate again, TJ? Oh, yeah. Oh, the the gate... Um, the UMN the, UMN. Yeah, the, U, the UMN gate that leads to Old Milsha... To old because to old Mil because old Milsha is where the original Zohar is right. sealed away, right? And that's in and that's what's in the Y data, or that's one of the things that's in the Y data, right? Um, also, having Cosmos is a nice thing yes. as well. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. given yeah. Uh, what she yeah, can do who with knows, her. yeah, who knows what's inside her? You know, yeah, exactly. Um, she might have a heart. <laughs> yeah, she, she might. might. So it's a long scene, but it's basically setting up that. I think we've more or less sort of yeah, gotten yeah. at the heart of what that scene is about yeah. and what the stakes are here, right? So mm -hmm. the Federation ships show up, right? And they just put everything on lockdown. And the Kukai Foundation can't. Because I was thinking for a second. I was like, is there going to be a fight? Are they going to resist? Yeah. Are they going to fight back? Right. And really, uh, Gagnon and Kukai, or Gagnon and Junior are both like, we yeah. can't fight back. They surrender like, willingly, yeah. Exactly, they surrender willingly. willingly. Yeah, and so because of that, the Federation shows up, yeah. and, and the whole this whole Inquisition uh, was led by a woman named Lapis Roman. Right. Mm -hmm. So Lapis Roman is probably a reference to Lapis Niger in ancient Rome. Yep. Um, it had a black stone block at the center and was an ancient religious relic shrouded in mystery. It had black marble floors, and today it has been fairly well-preserved. It's more than 2,500 years old. Mm. Um, so mm. I don't know exactly what this is saying about her, uh, but that's the reference for her name. Right. So anyway, again, she shows it's up. It's impossible and, to know in Xeno games whether the I names <laughs> are actually meaningful or they're just cool right. things. That yeah. was true in Nier as well. Yeah, in Nier, yeah, they would name things things that just weren't relevant. Oh, yeah. But like anyways. The author of Pinocchio. Or and Wendy and yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Beautiful. So um, so anyways, she uh, ends up imprisoning everybody. And this is so funny because my initial thought when she imprisoned everyone in the same room all together. Yeah. And they, the soldiers bring it up. They're like, really? You don't want to separate them? And she's like, no, just put them all in the same room and leave them there. It's fine. And the soldiers don't really question her. So she has that high, high authority. Right. Um, I was thinking, that's a crazy thing to do, right? Yeah. Anyone who deals with... Who, you separate the prisoners. You always separate hostages, yeah. prisoners, all that stuff. Uh, because separated, what is it? Um, 
divide and conquer, right? So you win mm-hmm. if you can separate them. If you allow them to unify, they're going to come up with a plan. Yeah. And what are you going to do then? Um, and so I, my initial thought was possibly that she might actually be a double agent. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, Surprise. there's no way. And I think it was a half joke. <laughs> I was like, as a half joke yeah. thought where I was yeah. like, dude, yeah. but I thought that it was, oh, the game developers are being dumb. This is some, only a double agent would do this. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it was well, actually you know. really good. I loved the way that it all turned out. I thought it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've talked about prison escape sequences in the past on this yes. podcast. Yeah. And how they're usually not very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one felt pretty plausible because of this character, the yeah, that yes. piece Roman character. And her role, there was only one part of it where I was like, yeah, and we'll get to that note later, so I won't say it now. There's only one part of what she does that makes me think like, okay, maybe that wasn't as well thought through as I thought it was going to be based on her being involved. But I I really liked how she was set up as a double agent for Second Melcha. So she's really working for Helmer. She's for years been spying on the Galaxy Federation as... Uh, what is her title specifically? What is her? Oh gosh! Oh. What is her office I, in the military? Uh, I don't. I think she's a captain. Captain, captain or something or like commander, that. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah, that. yeah. I mean, she's pretty. She's pretty high ranking. Um, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, um, I'll get into more details on that in a second. But there's one scene I, I took a note on here with Wilhelm. Um, I think we. Oh. I think we mentioned last time that Wilhelm was the CEO vector and that yeah he, is it does it happen now or did it happen before where he says he's going to loan Cosmos to Geignan for his use for like the foreseeable future I think it happens here doesn't it? I it don't recall here. yeah oh good here. good okay yeah so anyways he, he's speaking with the hooded figure I think in the scene um, um he the, calls the, the like priestly like in, no no in no a, sorry my, my note says Wilhelm, yeah. who was speaking to the hooded man yeah. in the red cloak, yeah. right? So, because we hadn't yeah. seen Wilhelm right. in a while, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of yeah. He talks to Guinan first, and then he talks to Helmer. If this is yes. the scene I'm thinking yes. of, yeah. yes, yes. Mm. So he calls Helmer up, and he tells him that he's dispatching the Damerung, which the Damerung, is a, yeah. a, a German word for twilight. Mm-hmm. Not sure if there's a reason. For I the I can tell you. Okay, I can tell you. It. Yeah, yeah. Okay, actually, no, you do it first, TJ. Okay. Okay, so I was going to say it's, well, it's the German word for twilight, yes. yes. Um, but specifically in this case, it's uh, a reference to uh, the fourth part of Wagner's ring cycle, Götterdammerung. Götterdammerung, uh, Which translates yeah. to Twilight of the Gods. Yep. Um, and I don't know if uh, you have anything to add to that, Kaysen. Yes, uh, it's just, I love what it references. So Twilight of the Gods is basically a reference to Old Norse uh, Ragnarok, right? It mm-hmm. is a reference to the end of the timeline and the death of the gods, right? Mm -hmm. So the twilight of the gods means that the gods are fading, right? And so you can look at it, if you look at it in Nietzschean terms, uh, you would say that mankind is rising or the Ubermensch is rising and the gods are falling, right? Mm. And so Gotardamarang is something along the lines of get rid of the gods and whatever else. Uh, So this also comes from um, the ring of Nibelungen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's where the Rhine Maidens come from as well, um, of whose name one is Woglinde. And the ring, mm-hmm. which subdues and controls the Zohar, um, the sought item that eludes them and um, the item that they are looking for in the ring of Nibelungen is the, the reason why the gods die. 
like they're looking for this ring, they can't get it, it evades their capture, and they, they just fade into obscurity. Right. Or they die. Anyways, it's really good stuff. But it is, well, it's a great battle, actually. It's just like Ragnarok, but so the end of the world. An, uh, if you guess if you wanted to use a Norse term, the ship is called would be called Ragnarok. It could be called Ragnarok. You could say yeah. they, they mean similar things. Similar. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's the end yeah. of the gods. Okay, gotcha. Um, so he's talking to Helmer here. He concludes that given the circumstances, Utik is after the original Zohar and Udu. Udu, uh, yes. They, they, I think it's probably like three or four instances during yeah. this sequence where they very uh, ominously utter the name. <gasps> no, Udu. not yeah. Udu. <laughs> yes, Udu. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Which just <laughs> sounds really funny. Um, it, it reminds me of this old like 1940s <laughs> black and white drama I used to watch. Or this guy talks about, you remind me of a man, a man with the power, the power of hoodoo. Uh, hoodoo? hoodoo? You do. You do. Remind me of what? I do Remind what? me of a man. Exactly. It's yeah. good stuff. But hoodoo, it's like a voodoo, you do. I don't know exactly what they're going with, with this. I don't either. Hoodoo? I, I don't was hoping it. either of you would know if that no. was a reference to anything at I didn't all. really look it up. Yeah. Um, maybe you yeah, could I know what it. I know what it means. I know without I spoiling. Cannot, I can't, <laughs> can't say, say anything without spoiling it. No. All right. Of course, because like, I figure you know what yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I couldn't find any references. It's too short of a word to like be right. anything. I don't know. Well, it's interesting. We we've kind of talked about this in the past too. The use of the hyphens in some yes, of these all yeah. capital names like Cosmos. You, it's mm-hmm. Udu, but it's U Tick, but. They both yeah, start with what's that up with letter that? U. So I'm guessing, and, huh. and Utik seems to want the original Zohar and access to Udu. At least it seems that way to me <laughs> at the moment. Or no, wait, yeah. were they the ones who said there's no way we can allow Udu to be reawakened? I think that was something Gagnon like who that. said It was that something like that. Helmer. Yeah, it, it was, yeah. It, was, like, it wasn't Utik that said that. It was either Guinan or... I think it was Guinan, yeah. <coughs> Pretty okay. sure Guinan and, and Helmer were saying that in their conversation earlier. It was, yeah. That's the one, yeah. Okay. So they're afraid Utik is going to awaken Udu mm-hmm. by going after the original Zohar. I guess I don't know, or I, I, I'm inferring, but I don't know for certain that Utik wants to awaken Udu. But the fact that they have a U in their organization name yeah. leads me to think that Udu yeah. has something to do with their ideology. Oh, so, interesting. But that's just a guess on my yeah. part. Okay. Well, um, gosh, I have no, I have no idea. I mean, I could be wrong because it's, it's mean pronounced "udu," but then yeah. "u tick," so maybe they have nothing to do with each other. But I don't know. Couldn't we'll help but we'll notice see. that they both start with a capital letter "u" and a hyphen. So it is what it is. Um, then we have Wilhelm telling Helmer to pass a message to Guyton, and this is where he says it that they will lend Cosmos to him to use as he sees fit for the time being. It's still some time before the Zohar project commences, Wilhelm says. Uh, uh, Wilhelm, okay. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. there's some kind of mm-hmm. Zohar project that that Vector is involved in. So we have this other, so we have like a lot of organizations. Yeah, here, Vector so. hasn't been involved much lately. <laughs> Vector seems to be pulling a lot of strings though. Um, yes, because we've yeah. got like we've got like Margulis and Utic as as our like de facto villains that are at least that's how it's yeah. presented to us currently. Right, right. Um, but there's other powers vying and yeah, Vector seems to have them. have their hands in a lot of what's going on. Um, yes, even if they're not necessarily. 
necessarily framed as villains. They're they're always sort of involved maybe in the background somewhere. Yeah. I get the sense that they're the ones really kind of like to watch out for. There's something about them that's unsettling well, to me. Well, no, I had a thought as I was editing this last podcast um, because I posed the question in general, who is who is Junior who is Junior connected to? That's the Kaiser that he's sending his yeah. thoughts oh. back and forth. That, but, that was but, another oh. note. Okay. Let me bring that up for a second. Um, for oh, okay, please do. Because I, yeah, I, Kaiser I, I, Wilhelm, I right? World War One. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a good point. No, but no, Kaiser, the Kaiser is supposed to be Guinan. You had oh, mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm it's casting I don't know suspicion why. on Wilhelm yeah, it's, needlessly. It's not, it's not Wilhelm, no. But I can see why you the because I didn't even think of the Kaiser Wilhelm connection. Yeah, I can see why you'd make okay. that. But no, it, it, well, it, and it's, Kaiser's a German word, and so it's like I, I've noticed they're dividing people into camps. Like there's the Jewish people, there's the the uh, Southern European uh, people, there's the German names. You know, yeah. like the names are all like relevant, and they oh, all they, represent they different like, groups. With yeah. that? Have they been consistent with using German names with this organization slash these types of, or has it just been kind of all over the place? That's a great I question. It, I believe I it was that kind they're... of all over the place. Okay, yeah. Um, that, although here, I'll, I'll say I'll say one other thing about the the the, the whole Kaiser thing. There, I don't know if it happens here or not, but and this isn't a spoiler, but there there are scenes where the two of them communicate telepathically. Um, yes, I noticed that. Um, okay. I just did yeah, not know sure. at any point yeah. that Guinan was referred to as the Kaiser. <laughs> so yeah. I assumed there was he's, another he's, person. He's not referred to as the Kaiser for the rest of the series, interestingly great. enough. So great. Oh, know, great. I, hey, I don't know that's... why they called him that in that one scene, but there you go. Well, that's not confusing at all. No, it isn't. No, it's not. It's, everything in this game is very, very clear. Yeah, and very not straightforward. at all confusing <laughs> yes. or convoluted at all. Exactly. Okay, so all right, I all think right. that, that more or less wraps up yes that part so we come yeah. back to lapis roman uh so she comes in now basically revealing her who she really is to them right yeah she's um, like i'm a double agent and she takes <laughs> off her mask and throws her hair to the wind <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um so okay this scene let me just kind of wrap up as briefly as i can what what goes on here basically what needs to happen is the party needs some absolute proof that that Durandal yes. was not involved with the destruction of the Woglinde. Right. So they discuss a number of ways in which they might recover data that would clear their names. Right. Um, the black box of the Woglinde, they say, but that's already been recovered and it can right. be tampered with. Yes, it's like only um, level two um, encrypted. Yeah, yeah they like have, that. they need what's called triple A encryption. Yeah, triple. Mm-hmm. Um, in order, that that's the type of encryption where it would be more or less impossible for yeah, that to be data tampered. to be tampered with. And, and, right. and it's expensive and rare, and it's right. not common, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, Cosmos has a record of the right. battle, and hers is a AAA encryption. Right. But Cosmos has been confiscated. She is currently not with them. Ah, oh, that's um, right, yeah, yeah. Momo is, I believe, right? Momo's there with them in this scene. She's in the prison with them. I'm pretty sure she is. I don't recall, but I think so. so. Yeah, Yeah. I believe so. Which I found odd. I don't know why they separated Cosmos, Uh, but they did not separate Momo, Momo, who they immediately want the wide data from. Cosmos Cosmos may have been separated because she was undergoing maintenance at the time. 
Maybe. Oh, and they I, just couldn't I, she get is, to her. She is in a maintenance bed. I mean, that's where. Yeah, that's, so yeah. That's, that's the, true. Yeah, so that's that's why I thought of that. So maybe like when they were arrested, she was already undergoing maintenance, so she wouldn't. Yeah, they didn't have been wake her up anyway. To... Okay, yeah, that makes sense. True. That makes sense. Yeah. So they basically have to leave and go get Cosmos. Yeah. Uh, the 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 data from her that 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 can be used as indisputable evidence that they did not actually attack Federation ships. Yeah. Um, at all. So, but mm-hmm. in order for them to leave, they'd have to be allowed to leave because, and, and this is, this was where I thought it was a little bit funny because yeah. they decide, okay, we got to get out. And it's like, and, and Lapis asks, asks Ziggy to knock her out. Yeah. Uh, nope. That's the only way that it would look plausible. But then she said, I'll just tell them we were careless. That's the part that I was like, yeah, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> I, it's not going to make you look less suspicious right? to say, oops, we were careless and I kept all of the people in the same cell. Well, the plan of I'm going to tell my superiors in the Federation that I was careless would yeah. do more to blow your cover, actually. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, anyway, it's prison escape sequences are hard, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, especially when they're meant to be th- that long. In the in the in the scheme of things, every right. story, it's like we got to break them out like ten minutes after we get them in prison. Yes, that's <laughs> to always keep the story going. That always happens. And there's not like an, a yeah. real elaborate, you know, Ocean's Eleven level plan. Have you seen <laughs> what? What's the best like prison break that you've seen in a video game? In a video game, I was actually trying to think of this. They're usually all bad. They're I not don't know good at any almost ever. Yeah. But I, I can't there's got to be one. one. Yeah. Well, actually, there was a game I have not played. Uh, it, it's all about that, though. What is that game called? Okay, hold on. I'm, this is where I'm. Well, gonna if turn the whole game again. is prison escape, I'll yes. bet you it's a great prison. Okay, right. But but in a game, you know, in a larger yeah. story, they brought it up. It was um it, the same guy who does uh, brothers, like a brother, two brothers. The same mm. guy who develops that those games. He he's the guy who was who said f the Oscars or whatever. Oh, Yoko Taro. No, not Yoko Taro. Oh, F the Oscars. He's like a European Oscars. game uh, indie game developer. Oh, yeah. A way out. A way out. Thank you. Oh, Ash. cool. The game is called A Way Out. Okay. And I'm sure that's uh, got a killer one because it's all the game's about. <laughs> it, yes, uh, it it seems like the rule almost is. <laughs> there's almost no way to make it seem plausible. Yeah. Or like Shawshank Redemption, for instance, uh, right? right? Where it's like the whole yeah. movie is about him going to prison, right? And trying to find a way to escape over so, like decades <laughs> it, it's almost like like the reality is escaping from prison is so incredibly hard to do um and everybody knows it like it's obvious like the lengths that people have gone through uh in like alcatraz and places to escape are just so intense yeah. that to just do it so nonchalantly in, in a game is um is difficult to to buy right uh but every game does this yeah okay so we got the name here joseph fares is from Hazel Light Studios. He's the one who makes hmm. a way out. And uh, I agree with him though. F the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said that like on on a live stream of the Game Awards or something like that. And, Good for and, him. Uh, everyone was really uncomfortable. But um, <laughs> the, sure. the point is, like, I felt that for the most part, this was really well set up mm-hmm. to have uh, Lapis be in position to do this. Yeah. I just wish it hadn't resulted in, well, just knock me out and I'll say that we were careless. I wish there was like another step that she had sort of prepared that would have like made it. Where if she had a whole team of people. Like if she wasn't just, there. 
Like she leaves, oh, okay. and then the guards get knocked out. Oh, that would make then way it more would, sense. It wouldn't blow her cover. That's true. I mean, just that, that extra part. I mean, it's not even that complicated. Just that one extra okay. step okay, would take you. her plausibility or her culpability yeah. of this escape away to some degree. Well, but also she should not have put them all in the same room. That's that no. is suspicious in, in itself. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, I would say I look forward to seeing her again and seeing uh, what her position yeah what happens yeah after this yeah because as of yet in my playthrough i have not seen her again yeah um all right so essentially they get out now this is where the real the real meat oh god yeah well (laughs) the enemy i have to make a note that the enemy ai is really bad first of all it's hilarious (laughs) as you're going around these people and you're just like walking them in circles and walking right behind them and they're just like looking and oh it's classic it's classic that's the jrpg abstraction for you yes you're supposed Mm -hmm. metal gear was the same way assume yeah yeah but but you know this game's 20 years old so i don't want to be too hard on that it's just funny it's very funny but there's there's kind of a long, I guess you'd call it dungeon sequence to get yeah. down to the maintenance lab where Cosmos is at, and once you get here, like this, this is great. <laughs> this is uh, I'll say it, for sure up to now, but I'm I'm gonna just go on a limb and say this is the best part of the game. Yeah, even though I haven't yeah. finished the game yet, I'm I'm gonna say that as a guess. It was for so now, cool. This is so this cool. is this is why I play Xeno games. Sequences yeah, like yeah. this are what it's all about when mm. it comes to the Xeno series for me. Like, there is so much to chew on here. There is so much fascinating s- stuff going on, but also, it's not just, like, the content. It's also the presentation, the cosmic horror of it. Mm, like, the yeah. the tone of the storytelling and the turn yeah, that it yeah. takes, the dark turn that oh it takes here. Oh my gosh, yes. That oh, is yeah. a mark of, like, what I love about Xeno games. Hmm. And when I was playing this part, the people who were with me on Discord as I was streaming these cutscenes will attest to, I, I just scene after scene of me just being gobsmacked and flabbergasted, not even knowing what to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is impossible to comment on. Like, yeah. I don't understand it, but it's so cool and I have to sit here and discuss yeah. and talk about it, but like, I don't even know where to <laughs> yeah. start. It's like you understand the depth, but you can't articulate it. Yes. And you can't, like, grasp it, but you, you you get a glimpse of it. You know it's there. Yes. And you're like, I mm-hmm. want to hold it. I want to hold this precious <laughs> thing that I just found, but I don't even know. I don't even know where to find it. Like, what is this? I can't even imagine, say, in 2001, playing uh, this yeah. for the first time I don't know, TJ, maybe, I haven't actually tried this. Can you pause cutscenes? Yeah, you can. Okay. Without pausing constantly. <laughs> I was going to say, I do on, on the emulator. But. Okay. To chew on, like, what they're saying, like, right. line by line. Every line or two. I don't know how you come out of this with yeah. any real grasp on what happened. It is a lot to talk about. So, yeah. without going on with too much more preamble. Let's just like actually get into this. So the plan here is they've got to initiate the encephalon. Yeah. Um, It's almost like they are creating a a virtual version of the subconscious of Cosmos. That can be experienced, right? That they can like walk through. So they're in uh, in essence walking through a dream of Cosmos while she is asleep in while the, she's asleep in yeah 
Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Yeah. And and the the question I guess is that Xion has her little PS2 controller. Why can't she just kind of scrub through the data, find that file, yeah. and then take it? Why why do why they, do have, they to have to in? go into Cosmosis subconscious now, to get? I'm it. not complaining. It's really it's cool. Awesome. Yeah. It's it's I'm the just, Matrix. It's it's so cool. I just want to know why it was necessary to do this to get the data they wanted. Why can't they just pull out a memory card? You know what I mean? Yeah, because I, I feel like it's so far into like the core of her subconscious or whatever that maybe it's yeah. not accessible from outside. Is this part of AAA mm. encryption? Like you can't uh, just like take the but, hardware and like go hack it. it. You have to actually yeah. like go into the subconscious of yeah. to grab it. the person. Well, but that wouldn't work for anyone other than Cosmos because Cosmos is like a robot person. Yeah. What about like AAA encryption on a computer in this world? You know what I mean? Right. Is that even possible? Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I feel like because like apparently there's only like this Cosmos and there's like the UMN's headquarters is the only other one with AAA encryption. So ah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. So that's almost hmm. at least part of this. Golly, I um. Later on, you see something similar to this happening with Albedo. Um, a bit later on, it's almost as if there's a certain way of reading memories that just you just, you experience them. Like you can't just read it like data. You have to like experience it. So like the raw data, let's say is nonsense, but it can be sort of um, taken and displayed in a way in which it's understandable or comprehensible. Some, it's something like, you have like to that. walk through the data. Like in which case it's not ones and zeros. It's not letters. It's not like code. It's, it's a, it's a whole Another thing. type of And that's why it can't be, can tampered with right it's it's just raw data but not mm -hmm. not data it's just a raw like experience some kind of waveform it's something yeah. like that okay but, but it's not like digital anyways so that's here's what an I got. example everybody watching in which i didn't put this note i don't know why they have to do this this came up this just came on up. the spot <laughs> okay so okay. now i'm yeah. gonna go to the database for next week and i'll come back with an answer unless someone in the comments has it on yeah, hand and, and feels like giving it to me of course. Yeah, so. I, wish I, I wish I knew more of the details, but like, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. It, it, I just came up with this question now. That I didn't have it in the notes, just so you know. I didn't ignore the database. Yeah. Okay. The but point here is they're going to go into, and I, I just want to bring back up that Momo earlier on the, when Xion was giving them the uh, tour of the Elsa, they went down to the maintenance lab of the Elsa where Cosmos was sleeping, and Momo said, "I wonder what she. I wonder if she Ooh, dreams, or wonder what she dreams about." Yes, and I mentioned that that's like profound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the whole do. Uh, anyways, yeah, not going to go into yeah, that yeah. right now. But that was a plant, I think, I for see. this scene. Interesting. Because okay, now we're, we are essentially exploring the unconscious, I'll put it that way instead of the subconscious, the unconscious, unconscious sure, of, sure. of Cosmos. Sure. And there's going to be a lot of, I think, collective unconscious stuff yes. riddled all through this. Yes. Oh, as oh, well yeah. as a lot of oh, the yeah. alchemy yep. that we've been talking about. Uh, all of that that we've talked about is, is, is leading up to this. This is like the critical moment in which like the themes of the game are expounded on and shown mm. like they're completely like exposed or like laid bare for us to sort of examine and analyze. Yeah. So they well, they are going into Cosmos's unconscious in yes. this sequence. 
Yeah. And, and they it, weren't expecting that. No. And it's kind of like a, it's like a drug trip when it happens. Everything just stretches and everything, like the room, the room gets smaller and smaller and smaller and everything just kind of like fades away. Um, I don't think they were all expecting to be pulled into it, which no. is interesting. Um, no, they weren't, no. W- when you see the unconscious, it's basically made up of, of their own memories and experiences. Right. Yeah. Or, which means that what... Um, what well, col- well, well, specifically, it's yeah. Shion and Junior. Shion and Junior, yeah. not the other people. Oh, that's yeah. true. And and we don't see Alan. No, there's an explanation Ziggies, for that. We don't see Momo's. Yeah. It's it's <clears throat> Shion and Alan's, or, 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 sorry, Shion and Junior's yeah. memories that we are seeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that goes into Cosmos somehow, but uh, Cosmos is able to, um, like, intuit. Mem- she's able to, like, take people's memories and, and make them into her own. She kind of, like, crafts them within herself, or she, like, absorbs them in some way, right? This and is. It makes sense that the Unus Mundus is the only other one with this level of encryption. It's almost like it's not encryption at all. It's just the Jungian collection of collective unconscious and, and what, exactly. what has access to that. That's exactly what I Unus thought. Mundus is a Jungian mm-hmm. reference, directly Jungian reference. And so they have access to that. Yes. And then um, Cosmos is able to to read like the, the grassroots, like the, the very bottom of everyone's subconscious mm-hmm. and kind of like do something with it. It's really cool. For the people who have not seen our Xenogears oh, yes. podcast, we should probably take just yes, a moment yes. to not even nearly as thoroughly explain <laughs> what the collective unconscious is. Right. Um, right, yeah. Just so that people are on the same page. Like, who wants to take that um, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm always down for it. I'm always down yeah, to talk okay. about you. Yeah, exactly. so like okay. you're the one who would be, yeah. Yeah, let's do this. Okay, so Carl Jung, <clears throat> the greatest man. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, Carl Jung took, so, so uh, Sigmund Freud um, more or less discovered the unconscious, right? And he kind of divided it between I- I- the id, the ego, and the superego, right? So you've got your superego, which is like your culture. It's your father. It's the uh, do this or you'll be in trouble. Oh, I better not do that. Otherwise, I'll get in trouble. Um, that's the part of your mind that kind of imposes over the natural mind, which is the id, which is just your instinctual behavior, whatever you want to do. And the ego is the I. It's the me. It's the myself that gets to choose whether or not I follow the superego uh, and do the right appropriate things or follow the id and do whatever I want um, regardless of what society thinks. Mm -hmm. Well, Carl Jung comes in and he takes, he has a different take on this. He says, you know, I agree with the ego and that the ego is kind of doing something like that, but he splits it up a little differently. He talks about your, your unconscious, which is Mm -hmm. just like, you know, your the hidden parts of yourself and it's all mingled about with like, there's no, there's no great separation. More or less the culture would be like your persona, right? Yeah. And that's what you wear, but it's not who you really are. But then, like, when, when it comes to the id, um, when it comes to the raw, like, natural human that's just, like, evolutionarily, right, that's that's just got data from three billion years of survival being p- genes passed along for so, so, so long until it becomes something along the lines of a conscious being that then continues passing along its genes until it becomes, like, a human, right? So we've got at least tens of millions of, like, years worth of like here's one good example um <clears throat> the human mind is more afraid of a snake than a gun right we don't really see snakes much anymore in the modern no. world right we see we would see a gun or a knife a lot more common but if you ever I, are walking up down the sidewalk and you see something that looks like a snake your brain will jump before you have even registered 100 percent um yeah. we used to go fell out in the woods a lot uh i was recently at like a camp site uh, for like a work yeah. getaway thing. And, nice. and two times I remember specifically in the kind of the deep woods 
coming across a snake on the oh, ground. Nice. And that is, I mean, it, you can't control it. It's just like yes. an, an immediate initial yes. reaction to seeing, you jump away. Yes. And uh, the theory here is that yeah. this is programmed it's, into your DNA over like, millions and yes. millions of years. Pre, pre-programmed. It's, it's, you're afraid of a snake because your great, 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 thousand times over ancestor was afraid of snakes. Right. And that's why you are afraid of snakes, despite never really having to deal with them in your everyday life. Right. Like, that's crazy. It's so ingrained, right? So you can imagine that something along the lines of like a, a story or, or things that resonated with your great, 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 great ancestors. Uh, and then you and I and TJ, we would all probably share the same great, 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 great ancestor going back. It's likely the same memory that just kind of split up from that same ancestor and then propagated amongst the, the humans that then passed on the memes, so to speak, but that slowly become genetically encoded, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to have to explain what a meme is now, um, but it's not just a picture with words. <laughs> watch the, <laughs> That's not what uh, watch the uh, <laughs> podcast we did on yes. Metal Gear Solid. Memes are just memories that propagate like genes throughout history, right? Okay, so anyways, um, the idea of the collective unconscious is that we all have this shared experience going back as humanity, going back millions of years, and that we all cared about the same kinds of things and we all thought the similar thoughts and we were all scared of the same things, right? And that now here we are all separate and I think I'm my own person and I have nothing to do with you. But it's like there's this link between us that we can't see that contains like memories and experiences of our ancestors um, that slowly creep up in our subconscious that sometimes manifest un into our conscious mind as like, oh my gosh, that looks like a snake. And it's like, wait, why, like, I've never been bitten by a snake. Like, why do I know to be so afraid of this thing? It's just right. a little squiggly line in the ground. Oftentimes, it's not even a snake. It's just a garden hose. Or it's and, just and a tree is, branch. This is sort of uh, carried over into the nature-nurture debate in science. Yes, like, Which yes. parts of our, I don't know what you call it, sort of like behavior are ingrained in us, are inherited. Yeah. And which parts are learned through social interaction the, you know, the yes. values of society and whatnot. So the so, collective unconscious is just the collective memories of a whole, it can be a culture, but you can go all the way back and just say all of humanity has some level of this collective like memory stored yeah. within our minds that we can all, and that's in part stories, like go and tell a story to any human in any part of the world, be you separated uh, genetically from them by a million years. They're going to be like, dude, that story resonates. That's a sweet story. Yeah. Like, just what's up with that? Yeah. What's up with that? that? Why do they have the same idea of, of the story arc and patterns and what's important and what's frivolous and can be ignored? And um, what makes a good story is the same for everybody, yeah. right? And that's because you're tapping into this, like the collective unconscious. You're tapping into a part of your mind that is connected to everyone else's mind around you. So uh, that's that's the best I can do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple things. I wanna, In a short time. I want to add on to that. Okay. Um, uh, this goes beyond, of course, as you were just mentioning there at the end say, a, a survival sort of instincts. Yes, it goes um, well beyond it, that. It goes That's e why I mentioned into, stories. Yeah, stories or, or yeah. religious practices. Yes, because yes, yes, yes. the sort of like impetus or, or the like the inciting incident of Carl Jung's life that led him mm. to develop this theory was that as a young boy, he, without having any knowledge at all of other cultural, yeah. spiritual, or religious practices, he used to carve little figurines in his in his pencils or in yep. his rulers. He had yep. a ruler or something like that, a school ruler, a piece of wood yeah. that he would carve little, um, little little like uh, I don't know you'd call them. I don't know how crude or sophisticated they were, but yeah, yeah. little like uh, 
statues, maybe we'll call them, uh, images of people or yeah. gods or something right. like that. Not even really knowing why he was doing this. And he would he would build a shrine to them and he would give them offerings yeah. like stones that he would and find. And he would paint rocks. Yeah, yep. he had these stones. Yeah, one of them that looked kind of like the yin-yang symbol and that really resonated with him having never really seen that symbol before. Yeah. And then he read the I Ching, which is Chinese, ancient Chinese sort of alchem, alchem, alchemical text. And he saw some of those things that Same he- Same practices. Exactly. He was like, yeah. wait, I've been carving these things. I've been seeing these visions in my brain. And these people that I have no relation to that are on the other side of the world have those same images in their, in their right. culture, in their, you know, like memories, I guess. And he's like, how is this possible? So his attempt to try to understand how that anomaly is possible culminated in this development of what he called the collective unconscious, yeah. where when we are- even like asleep, basically, we're like connected to this yes. collective sort of like memory of yeah. the human species going back all the way back, I guess, even before humans. But Dude, the, the, um, the basic story of light, dark, uh, warm, cold. Yeah. is 3 billion years old right. and that, that it, and that it comes again. And then there's a renewal and the day, the cycle of life and the cycle of the sun and the cycle of, of weather and of, um, seasons and of warmth and coolness and the dark and the light. Like it's been going on for 3 billion years since, since, since uh, life, life existed has been this experiencing yeah. this story over and over. It's so heavily ingrained in the way that like we evolved and the way that we think. So with that being said, of course, the like a good example of other stories that sort of adopt this principle, say the Assassin's Creed series, oh, the yes. entire oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. idea of it is that they enter this machine called the Animus, which is another yes. Carl Jung yes, reference. exactly. And they have the memories of their ancestors carried in their DNA. Yeah, in their DNA. So yeah. they are able to actually live or relive the memories of their ancestors by this machine which takes their DNA and can yeah. sort of um, encode, or not encode, decode uh, that data and make a very Encephalon-like yes. virtual reality very experience. Very similar, yes. So um, anyway, that's the collective unconscious. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where we're coming from with this. And I, I think it plays a huge role into why this, everything you see here connects Cosmos to Junior and she and why they're why she's able to pull their memories from them and experience them yeah. in this sort of VR uh, simulation at the Cephalon sequence. Um, she Cosmos is connected to them through the collective unconscious. Yes. Um, and uh, anyways, there's gonna be a lot more to that, but we'll try to comment it as we actually get into the scene a bit. Yes. Did you want to add anything to that, TJ? Before we <laughs> move on. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I think you you hit on all the all the all the good points. <laughs> okay, okay, it was very He's, very very good. It was a good refresher for me too. <laughs> oh man, I just wish I could talk. I could talk hours about this. But one yeah. real quick thing is the Borg. The Borg is like something like the collective yeah. unconscious, right? Everybody, like they kind of connect. Everybody is connected. Yeah. Something um, like that. No, this yeah, is a Star Trek like reference. The, it's Star Trek. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. there's no individuality in the Borg, and they all sort of yeah. Well, the the thing is that the Borg, the, the concept of the Borg was changed with the films where they have a queen oh, now, and I don't like that. Oh, I haven't o seen that. Originally, okay. there was no like hierarchy. Ah. They were all drones, and they were all they would all go into this thing and connect to, essentially, the Borg network. 
Okay. Where the, the Unus Mundus. Where they would share every, all knowledge amongst each other, yeah, which is essentially yeah. the same idea. When they go it's to like sleep, a they connect to the collective unconscious, yeah. and there is there is no hierarchy in this society at all. They're all the same, and they're all connected to the same knowledge, yeah. which they are each individual is sort of like contributing to when they go back and they like connect to the network, if that yeah. makes sense. So a similar concept. Okay, sure. okay. I th thought that might help people a little bit. Um, okay. Let me get my note to where I want to hear. Okay, so we get a split here in the party. We're going to experience Junior's memories from one side of the party, which is Junior, Ziggy, and Momo are together. The yeah. other side is Xion, Alan, and Chaos um, mm -hmm. that are together. That's right, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, those, the two parties of three? Yeah, yeah. She, well, well, in Xion's case, it's a party of two because Alan's useless and can't fight. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> Poor but guy. technically, technically guy. He, is the, he is there. Um, but yes, that's correct. Cool. Okay. Way to be, Alan. So essentially, this is a uh, what a lot of JRPG players love. They love the um, the split dungeons where you got to like split your party up and you go this uh, way of with course. these people yeah, yeah. and this way with these people. It's that type of dungeon, yeah. and yeah. it's really long. They're technically lot two separate dungeons almost because it's not yeah, like they're yes. even exploring the same areas. Right. We can um, maybe skip over all the dungeony things and let's just. I get believe to we the can. Meat. I believe we can because I, I don't, don't know think there happens. was a lot in terms of my note-taking during the actual playing of the game. It was right. basically all in the cutscenes. Yeah, me too. So uh, I yeah, wanted to check real quick with TJ if you have the same feeling yeah. about that. Yeah, everything that's important in these scenes is just in the cutscenes. Great. Okay. So let's get to it. Uh, the first scene we see is the last day that Xion spent with her father before yeah, he died. That's right. Um, mm -hmm. I thought this was a really powerful scene, and it really brought in some major mysteries with this girl who has been oh my watching her. We've yeah. referred to her as a guardian angel. Yes. This is yep, where yep. we learn that she is named Nephilim. Nephilim. Which, as we Dude. have talked about, the song of Nephilim being this thing that even Margulis is like yeah. not necessarily comfortable about. Right. Right. So this is the character for which this concept that drives people unto madness comes from. So that was crazy. That's the person watching Xion. Is yeah, I, I know what's going on here. And it's this young little girl in a white dress and she is Nephilim who, however you want to look at it, um, I don't know anybody who has, is a, who knows of the Nephilim who would have seen a, this young little girl in a white dress and been like, oh, Nephilim, That's, that makes yeah. sense. Yes. Right? Yes. Fallen angel, sure. Something like that. We did refer to as a guardian angel, um, but still, I, it's just unbelievable. It's this crazy. character was the last person I was expecting to be Nephilim. <laughs> me too. I was like, wait, <laughs> you're, what? Are you kidding me? And this is why Song of Nephilim, it's not the Song of the Nephilim. It's just Nephilim is a singular person. In this case, yeah. not in the Hebrew. Okay, so... She, Shiana's looking at herself as a young girl. Her father comes and kind of, you know, picks her from a playground. They go walking off together. Yeah. Um, and man, there's some great stuff here with with chaos <laughs> too. Chaos and Nephilim certainly know who each other are. Because mm. chaos kind of hangs back for a little bit, right? Yes. And then they speak briefly. So like Nephilim introduces herself. She says her name. Yep. She explains kind of like what's going on right now. 
You right. are in the unconscious or subconscious, whatever you want to call it, of Cosmos. You're reliving your memories. Um, this is going to be uh, a really difficult thing to face that you're yes. about to, but it's really important that you do it. Yeah. These mm -hmm. types, types of sentiments. And, and she says that she's been waiting. She's been waiting that's right. for Shion. And it's almost yeah. like she is, she's been inside of Cosmos' mind waiting for Shion to make this connection with Cosmos. Yes. That's, for a long time. Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, so yeah. yeah. They've, been, they've been waiting on, or she's been waiting, Nephilim has been waiting on Shion. But the, the, the part that really stuck with me is that once Alan and Shion sort of begin to walk off, Chaos lingers behind and... Nephilim says some really interesting things to him. Let me get to my notes um, on that specifically because it cuts back and forth between Junior. So I got Junior notes. Uh, okay. So we cut back to Shion swinging on the playground with Nephilim. They're kind of talking to each other. So some of the dialogue here. So this really is Milsha, asks Shion. Hmm. Nephilim says, yes, a world of unbroken memories slumber at the depths of your consciousness. Cosmos has sensed this and recreated it. That's crazy. This world. That's crazy. It is also Cosmos's memory as well. Memories do not belong mm -hmm. solely to one person, mm -hmm. and they are not fixed to just one location. This sure. is the part yes. that, for certain, to me, I was just—it was screaming collective unconscious. Oh yes, <laughs> absolutely. These, yep. these words. It was like, yes. okay, we're we're in a collective unconscious right now. And this is funny. Yep. I, I actually am slowly, I'm kind of regretting the description I just gave of collective unconscious because I gave it a more of an evolutionary biological sure. understanding. I mean, that also it is, is also, true. there's also, it's, it's, it is. But Jung would also agree with this, that there's this mystical aspect to the collective sure. unconscious as well. That's not just like the provable evolutionary biology. It's like this spiritual connection as well. It's not just the physical. Right. I, I, I thought that that line was really good. Um, it is also Cosmos's memory as well. Yeah, Memories that's crazy. do not belong solely to one person. That's like the yeah. whole concept of collective unconscious. Yeah. Your memories are not just yours. They are shared in the collective unconscious and will be passed on to your descendants and they'll have access to it yes. and all of that. So, um, but not even just your ancestors. In this case, also Cosmos who is not a descendant of Shion, obviously, but no, I guess, in but, a sense, but, but well, and, that's, here's the thing though. Cause it's like when you create something, you, you put that's yourself, what I was getting at, yeah. okay, good. <laughs> you, you put yourself into the thing, right? Like if I make a painting, if I make a chair, like there's a part of me that goes going, into going that. Into it, yeah. yeah. And it's as, um, Kevin and, um, Shion and whoever else was Alan, I guess, <laughs> yeah. as these people create this, you know, new artificial intelligence, it's going to share some of their, you know, memories. It's going to share, yep. there's going to be a piece of them kind of like put into it as well. Yeah. I also need to mention that she was humming green sleeves. Yes. 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 That's, I have that note on that too. Yeah. So green sleeves crazy. is more well known as a Christmas song today. Yes. What child is what this? What child is this? Yeah, that one. Uh, it's mm -hmm. become more but of it's a, old, a, a Christmas religious song yeah. about Christ. But um, it, it did not, the melody did not start there. Um, yeah, it was it, long it was, before. It was green leaves. I have a note on that too. I, I'm kind of all over it's the place. So <laughs> I'll try to make sure we cover that. There's some more dialogue I want to jump into, but I want to pass it to TJ because we've been talking forever. Is there anything you want to comment on that we've been talking about so far? Um, not, uh, not, not anything that you haven't, not anything that you haven't already mentioned. No. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, so we're going to be pretty thorough. Think, yeah. Ahead. Cause so far it's mostly just like establishing, like, like you said, the collective unconscious, like setting up, you know, 
that seems to be what they're setting up here. Um, Who is Nephilim? What's her power? What's her deal? You know, I guess we haven't even started talking about Junior yet, so I'll leave that for now. That's Um, coming. That's next. Yeah. So if at any time you want to chime in, just feel free to do so. Because, I mean, we all have a billion notes here, and it's going to be a a mess. But, like, I want to get to everything. So if you have something, just please interject. Okay. Okay. So... We get some some more dialogue here. This this is huge to the alchemical tie we've kind of yeah. been building up for the last, particularly uh, the last. I know one. what you're going to say, yeah. Particularly in the last episode, but yeah. this is, I mean, just clear as day yes. becomes like the lens through which we are viewing the theme of this game yes. is the alchemy stuff. Yeah, and so, it's so it's so cool. So what what Nephilim says here is joyful memories form only one half of the whole. Only when they are combined together with the other half, meaning your unpleasant memories, can your consciousness truly take form. You must know all of you. So she's not just talking to Shion, she's talking to everybody. All of you must accept the entirety of your memories. You must return to Milsha once again. Um, This is giving me, at the risk of spoilers, well, I don't know how much I want to say, because this is giving me major Xenogears vibes. Specifically to the end of that 100%. game. Yeah, I won't say anything more because I, yeah. You know, I can't actually intuit exactly where you're going, but this, I do like specifically, but I do feel the same thing. Like this feels, <laughs> yeah. this is very Xenogearsy, but, but it's yeah. different enough. Yeah. It's different there's enough. Specific, there's a specific thing I'm thinking of, but I'm not going to say it because it's literally like. Okay, please, please. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So basically, and this is going to come up more and more. Nephilim is trying to get Junior and Xion to examine the parts of their past they want to forget, the unpleasant parts they don't want to face anymore. Yeah. The the parts they would like to forget or that they wish they could forget or that they're they're ignoring right now because it's too painful to face. Yes. And how this relates to the alchemical process is you have to go into that process of self-examination Willingly. Willingly. You have to do yep. it because you're ready and you want to, and it's going to be really painful and mm-hmm. really, really hard, but you do it as a choice. Yeah. You must do it as a choice. And everything I've we got... experience from this point on is basically them doing that or yes. beginning, not fully, but beginning yeah. the process of doing right. it. Slowly, yeah, I was going to say, that this, it does not conclude at the end of this, but it's, it's no. the first step. Right. So yeah, everyone must accept the entirety of their memories. This is part of the process of self-individuation. And this is all a callback to Carl Jung. Yeah. But she has to return to Milsha and she doesn't want to. But I have two yeah. quotes, one from Carl Jung, one from Joseph Campbell. So Carl Jung says, that which you most need will be found where you least want to look. Yes. That mm-hmm. almost is the theme of this game. That's basically <laughs> the theme of this game. And then Joseph yeah. Campbell, who, genius, he wrote The Hero with a Thousand Faces, and um, he is, he's, he's great. He's very good with mythology and stuff. He wrote, the cave that you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Yep. Same idea. But everyone listening, this, this isn't just a game. <laughs> like, this yeah. is real. This is, yeah. this is how the world works, and, and this is how life works. And, and it's, it's important to, to face your fears and to really tackle the things that you don't want to, that you want you to forget. Want to face, yep. You have to face your, your true self and the parts of you that you think um, that shouldn't be a part of you because they're too evil or something. It's like, no, face that. That is a part of you. But use it as a, as a, as a strength. Use it as a, a overcome it, you know, a right. subdue it. Don't just ignore it, right? Um, 
you know, the idea that where you don't want to go is where you need to go. That's Star Wars. Like that's, um, we, we even talked about everywhere. This a great deal in, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the title of the game. The Norse game we played. Oh, um, Hellblade. Hellblade. Yeah. You. Yeah. This is yes. a huge part of Hellblade. Oh yeah. Cause so, she's, she's refusing to enter that, the darkest part of her mind. Yes. She just won't do it. And it's yes. like you, it's a dragon. It really is a fight with a dragon. Yes. And, and that people call it facing your demons for a reason. Like, it's not just like, Ooh, demons aren't real. It's like, no, they're freaking real to you and you better deal with them and take them seriously. Otherwise yes. they will control you. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we used a different terminology in that series, but it's essentially yeah. the same it wasn't concept. As union, I guess. Uh, yeah, with that, Xeno games are going to use union terminology, yeah. but but it's still in applies. that game. It's it's about the you know the stages of grief, yeah. and landing on acceptance being right. kind of the final part of that, yeah. And what they're going to have to do here is accept these parts about themselves, their yeah. trauma, their past that they don't want to accept. Yep. It's too painful to accept it's, that's true. It's I don't want seen. to believe that yet. Exactly. And you have to get to a point of those stages of grief that yep. lead to the acceptance before you, you can, can really free, use right? that experience yeah. as a, a launching point to become a better version of yourself, to uh, move forward with your life, to become a stronger person. Yep. You have to face it accept the reality of it, do whatever it takes to come to terms with it, whatever that experience was, whether you caused the trauma, whether the trauma was caused by someone else to you, whether it was an event, whatever, you've got to come to terms with it, deal with it, face it, resolve it. And if it can't be resolved with the person that was involved, within yourself, that it has, yeah. it happened and now we're moving on from this. Right. That's essentially the idea in different terms than Jung would use, but yeah. it's the same idea. It's the same idea. <laughs> yeah, just just beautiful, well put. So that's what's gonna happen here. This is a trial by fire. This is a, we're, we're putting our souls to the test. Can yes. we accept the things we're about to see? Well, and I love this too, because you have, uh, Shion is very resistant at first. She's like, what? why do I have to go into my own memories? And then Shion says, you need to do it like do it for cosmos or do it for those you love kind of thing. Yeah. And that's when Shion's like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to do this now. Yes. Like she wouldn't do it necessarily for herself, yes. but she will do it for those she for cares others. about. She'll do it to help rescue other people. And in the process, she does rescue herself, but e either way she does it willingly and she's doing it uh, for others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So here's where we get to the, the part I was kind of looking for here with the chaos Nephilim conversation. So ah, yes. Nephilim says to Chaos, are you sure this is what you want? There's no turning back. And this is where I was like, Chaos is, whatever <laughs> Chaos is, uh, he's, he's uh, a supernatural uh, cosmic level force. <laughs> this is not oh, just boy. like a realian or something like that. This is almost like a piece of... I'll use Xenogears terminology, the wave existence or something. This is, oh, <laughs> this is somebody in that realm. I like feel. a personified, uh, huh. that, that is, 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 um, is, is sort of observing all of this and trying to sort of like push people in the right direction. Um, so hmm. she, but she, she, she's sort of deferring to him in all of this. Nephilim is, yeah. is this really what you want? Right. There's no turning back after this process begins. Wow. 
And he says, I know, but Shion is vital to her. Shion is vital to her. Her. But then also, she? but Shion is vital to you. Doesn't Nephilim then bring this yes, back, Nephilim back to says, chaos? Yes, because Nephilim says, and to you as well. And to you as well. Yeah. And he doesn't answer that. He kind of yeah. just leaves so that hanging. Shion no. is vital to Cosmos. To Cosmos chaos. is exist. Yeah. Or sorry, yeah. I thought it was Cosmos. Oh, Cosmos as well, yes. But also probably to Chaos. And how yeah. in the world that possibly makes sense? I yeah. have no idea. Yes. Go ahead. I know yeah. TJ's uh, itching to say something. Yeah, well, there's not much I can say <laughs> other than like... <laughs> Other than, like, I will say, like, just because I'm thinking about, like, when you're talking about this, it made me think, like, way, 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 you know, distant, you know, end of episode three. This is setting something up that will not be, you know, that will come into play, you know, directly, like, way at the end of the series. The end of the oh, like, just kind I of like, series. just kind of like as a, as sort of like, you know, looking back on it, like, thinking, like, how far ahead, you know, Takahashi Tanaka, everyone was, like, planning this out. Like, hmm, right yeah. from the beginning, they knew where this was going. Um, but yeah, like sort of, yeah, just stuff to keep in mind. Like, what is it that, you, you know, like obviously Shion and Cosmos are connected in some way, you know, but like there seems to be some sort of deeper connection. What's up with that? Um, why does, you know, what does chaos have, a, you know, the game seems to be implying that they, that chaos and Cosmos have some sort of, has some sort of connection as well, but mm. there's no, there's no like you know, very vague hints and like no idea as to what, but this seems to spell it out directly. Mm. And obviously chaos isn't going to say anything. No. Um, no, no. Because that would ruin the plot twist. Chaos, you can't say anything yet. We gotta yeah. wait. <laughs> the only, the only question is, is whatever chaos is doing, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? Like, I don't know. Like, that's, the just, part, yeah. that's the question. That's the part that's hard to parse at this point. I'm yeah. going to go out on a limb. And say chaos is the good force. He's okay. the the uh, the. I, I guess you could say the um, the messenger of uh, the monad, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Hermes He's from He's that thoth, thoth. realm. He's okay. from the spiritual, pure, good, yeah. okay, gnostic realm. I see <laughs> yeah. the parama. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. wants what's good. Uh, okay, he may even be some sort of piece of whatever that existence is. I don't know. That's my guess at this so, point. Okay. So he's higher than everyone and everything that we've seen thus far. That's my guess. Well, okay. that's my guess. Based on something that happens later, I, yes, that is correct. Um, there's okay. something that happens later on, again, with Albedo, but we're not, the mysteries with chaos are not done. Uh, but <laughs> no, I really no question, way. I don't know if he's good or bad um, based on what happens yeah. a little bit later on um, you, I think after played, this episode. I think you've played a little further. Than I am almost episode. done with the game. So okay. yeah. I'm almost done with the game. I All believe. Right. I believe. Okay, so that's enough of the intro okay. there to... Um, to the Shion. Shion side. Let's go back to Junior real quick. Okay. Uh, so I think he's actually the first. Did we see Shion first or we see Junior? Uh, I think we see yeah, Shion first. We see, first. We see Shion and then it Shion skips first. to Junior. And then it yeah. goes to Junior. Yeah. Yeah. So the memory of Junior that we're seeing here, uh, he's with Ziggy and Momo. We said that earlier. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of child soldiers who mm, look yeah. like him. They look just like him. Um, I think we heard this term earlier from Pellegree. URTV. Yes. Um, these kids Very are URTVs. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe that uh, Pellegrini referred to Albedo as a URTV. Yeah. Albedo, I think yeah. all of them. 
She mentioned that Albedo is a URTV and that Albedo is also like a life recycling variant. So Yes, right. Yes, so I got some of that there. Transitive property meaning that you whatever the URTVs are, they're life they're all life recycling variants basically. Yes. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Okay. So, um there's a, a whole army of kids yeah. that are these life recycling variants. Uh, variants. This is uh, this is happening on old Milsha, 14 years ago. This memory that he said, mm-hmm. and the the URTVs are massacring all the people. Yeah, right. um, it, there seems to be three of them that are not completely crazy. Yeah. I think that uh, Junior mentioned something about um, what does he say? He he says that they have some sort of virus or they're they're infected. Or something like yeah. that. Um, yeah, they're. Um, I don't have anything. He he, he says something he about they're the, all infected. They're all infected or something yeah. like that, right? And yeah, I, yeah, something yeah, like that. And I don't yeah. remember if you mentioned this, but the URTVs—they all look exactly like Junior. Yes, yes they all look yes. the same as him, yeah. except that they have blonde they have, hair, and he has. They have blonde hair. hair, yeah, but like face, like their face, their, their body face structure, looks exactly everything else. Same. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So the three that seemed well. I, I don't know for sure if Albedo is uninfected. <laughs> he may be infected just with something else. I don't know. He's got something. He's got yeah. a mind, a but virus the of the mind. three of them are different from the other URTVs in the scene. They yes. still have some form unique. of, I don't know, autonomy, or they're they're yeah. not involved in this massacre per se, Right. it seems. At, at yeah. least for sure not Geignan yeah. Jr., which yeah. okay, we now learned that guy or that junior's name was Rubeto at this point. Rubido, yeah. Rubido. Oh yeah, that's where we hear that somebody shouts out his name or something and yeah. that it's Rubido. So yep. we're gonna get a lot of Negretto, Albedo, uh Rubido, yes. the three of them yeah. in this mm-hmm. scene here. Um so he he begins to search uh, I should say Rubido begins searching for his friend uh Negretto. Yeah um at this point. Which would be Gainan. Yeah, which we got. Yep. He's, he's he's trying to find yep. out where he's yeah. at. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like the intro to Junior scene. He's very upset by seeing all this again. He does yeah, not so want to look at it. He's not happy. And then Alan and will yeah. ask questions, and he's just like clenching his fists and just yeah. like, "What? Like, what's wrong with you? Stop yeah. talking to me." He's he's, not he's happy. lashing out at Momo, which is yep, not yep, yep. something you would expect of him. He's lashing yeah. out at Ziggy. He's lashing out a lot. Yeah. He, he does not want to be here. He does not want to look at this. He does not yes. want to face this. This is a buried memory of his. And this is yeah. a buried memory that he would like to keep buried in his past and never, never dig up. But he has to now. And he's, yeah, he's not happy about it. Yeah. So, uh, when then we go to Xi'an again for some of the stuff we were talking about. We come back to Junior. Um, they're watching as these URTV kids are murdering people. Um, this is where he says they've all been affected. Um, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. We see Geignan as a kid. So yep. uh, the kid form of him, black hair, right? Um, let's see. Um, this is oh, no. Uh, so we're seeing Geignan here. He's the one who seems to be searching. So oh, uh, yeah. Junior is is observing this, obviously. Geignan is the scene are not, are not seeing... Mm. Junior, like he's sort of living the experience, but like the the, the people in yeah. the scene are not like recognized. We see Negretto, yeah. But so Negretto Guidenin comes out, and he's looking for Rubio. Yeah. Rubedo. Negretto yeah. is looking for Rubio. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, so he gets confronted by a kid who is clearly Albedo, white hair, mm-hmm. and we see this kind of confrontation between the two of them. They're like fighting each other, right? 
Yeah. And it's like Rubito knows what's going to happen. And he, it's almost like he wants to stop it from happening. But he, he, something terrible is going to happen. And they're in Milcha. I think this is where we see more or less. Yes, this, this, this is, is Milcha, Milcha before like, it was destroyed 14 years ago. Right? Yeah. This is mm-hmm. like the event. This is the in event. In which it, it disappeared or when all the yeah. gnosis were brought in. You're like, this is the event that like basically made all this happen. Yeah. Um, oh, I also had this note. Sorry, I, I did skip one thing. We were talking about Shion a second ago. <laughs> it mm-hmm. made me laugh a little bit. So, Shion, for a minute, was confused about this idea that uh, that this could be Cosmos's memory at all, right? She's like, wait a minute, that can't be. Because <laughs> I wrote, she blew Cosmos's fetching head off oh my two gosh. years ago. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's right. No, I, I have a note there, too, because the notes are all kind of mixed up here now. But, oh, my gosh, yeah. Shion blew the archetype's head off. It exploded. Intense. Freaking so crazy. So, she's like, this can't be Cosmos's memory. Cosmos could not possibly have any memories prior to two years ago because I exploded her head off of her body. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where oh, geez. Yeah. Nephilim, uh sort of is like, hey, memories aren't just of the collective right. unconscious, and yeah. that's how she has access well, to them. And she wrote, uh, Nephilim says, a world of unbroken memories slumber at the depths of your consciousness. Yeah. That's freaking mm-hmm. beautiful. If you were yeah. going to describe the collective unconscious in less words than what I did, <laughs> that's a way yeah. of saying it. A world of unbroken memories that are asleep at the depths of your consciousness. Yep. Mm-hmm. Didn't need me to go on my 10 minute tirade about collective unconscious. <laughs> there it is right there. She said it. <laughs> it's freaking beautiful too. I love it. Um, okay. So Cosmos memory is a shared memory and then yeah, gets her head blown off. Oh, yeah. crazy. And it was bloody too. It was it like, was, it was, yeah. it was I mean, intense. It was extremely violent. Oh uh, man. Decapitation. I guess it's not really decapitation. Head exploding, whatever you want to call it. Um, okay. So now as you're playing through the sequence, uh, Shion comes across this this rabbit mascot that we've sort of been commenting on this in, the, freaking, in the emails and, and stuff. I right? I still don't know what's up with this bunny, but there's something about it. I have never trusted this bunny no. from the moment I first saw it. I was like, <laughs> this jacked up bunny. What is it doing? Something's wrong with. Why this thing. does it exist? We're seeing statue. We're seeing like crumbled statues of this bunny. Yeah. We're seeing a live bunny like well, running that, around. That part where you have to chase it around. Did you actually? Yeah get to it and it turns its face around and it has a different face on the back of its head. Did no, I, I think part? it was in the house. I don't think I actually caught it. Yeah, no. so if you catch up to it, you actually get it. it. It turns around, it has a really disturbing face on the other side of its head. Dude, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Um, <laughs> TJ, is there anything you want to comment on in regards to this rabbit that you think should be brought up now? Well, it represents Unus Mundus, right? Something like that? Yeah, I can't say anything right now. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Except that it's uh, evil. Okay. Except that, yeah, not what it seems. Yeah. Well, it's at least two-faced. I don't yeah. know if it's purely ah, evil. Ah, that's good symbolism. But yeah. there's one side of it that is dark and it's the other side different. that is not. Yeah. I see. Okay. So hmm. I took note of the fact that it has two faces. I think that's important, but um, okay. we shall see, I suppose. But yeah, you come across the statue. It's fallen. Yeah, that's like it was, broken. It was, um, it was the mascot of the park where it okay. was erected or whatever. Um, but then, yeah, there's like a mini game you play later where you have to try to like catch the, the rabbit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and anyways, you go into a little house where it's at and it talks to you there. And that's where you see the other side of its head. Huh, okay. And right, it's right. It's crazy. Well, so okay, I guess we'll I just know. leave that where that's at for now. Yeah, not happy with that bunny. <laughs> um, okay, so 
this is where we're going to leave off for today's episode. Um, we're going to carry on to the end of the Encephalon dive as the next episode. Basically, next episode will be entirely dedicated to finishing off this sequence. However, TJ does have to leave now while Kason yeah. and I are going to continue recording. So we want yeah, to give a send off to you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll have you yeah. on again before the end of the series. Is there anything else you'd like to add to what we've been talking about uh, before you take off? Um, let me see. Let me pull. I've had my I've had my script open for. You, you know, may color our perceptions of this c- upcoming episode. <laughs> yeah, anything okay. even about that? Prepare, prepare us. Know. No, I I think I mean I think you guys have done a really good job. Like you know, focusing so much on like the you know like these are all very you know Shiana Junior especially are all very very broken people in their own ways. Yes. Yeah. And if anything. You know, and and we don't even know, like you know, at this point in this in the game and in the series, what whatsoever, we don't really know, like what the, you know, the the biggest you know threats are. But they're going to all have to do like a lot of work to to get to that point. And it's not going to be it's going to be it's not going to be a straightforward. Oh, they're going to go through. They're going to do this trial. They're going to get through this thing, and then everything's going to be good, and then they're going to save the world. It's not going to be that straightforward. Yeah. Mm, you know, it's going to be a it, lot of as it never is, right? Right, yeah. I mean, a lot well, of people. It would be think if this that, was the end, but we've got two right, more episodes, right, right. <laughs> two there's more gonna games. Be, there's going to be a lot of like take one step forward and maybe like five or six steps back. You know, it's it's going <laughs> to okay. be like it's going to be yeah a process. It's, it's it's a it's a long process. Yeah. Okay, okay. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right. Well, thank you for that. We appreciate you being on with us. And as for everyone else, thank you for joining us. Um, we will finish the encephalon dive sequence next week. Until then, have a great week and peace out. See you. All right. Bye.